The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer and I have two awesome guests. Number one, before the big event, March 20th, Nick Aldis versus Matt Cardona, we, we talked to special guest, referee Jeff Jarrett, right here on the Busted Open Podcast. And speaking of huge announcements, we're going to get one on Dynamite tonight. From AEW owner and president, Tony Khan. And we talk to him right now on the Busted Open Podcast. WWE Hall of Famer, six-time NWA champion, Mr. Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you this morning? Good morning, Dave LaGreca. And my man, Tommy Dreamer. Good morning, guys. How are we doing today on a Tuesday no, Wednesday. She's days are running together. Wednesday. Sorry about that. I gotta say, you look amazing, Jeff. You would you don't you don't age at oh, all. Stop. stop it. I got those Tommy Dreamer jeans. Speaking of jeans, well, my jeans are I gotta get the elastic uh, spandex type of jeans lately. But uh, Dave, just look at that setup that he's got. He's got the guitar, he's yep. got all his titles right behind him. I mean, <laughs> that is impressive. I know for you, just like me, you love the wrestling history, but just says it right there, the Intercontinental, the WCW, and the NWA. That's uh, pretty cool stuff right there. And, and my podcast shirt, man. Come yeah. on. We, we've been around the block. Got a, <laughs> a, a LaGreca, I love your background. <laughs> yeah, I just got a bunch of, you know, shit of myself uh, posted on the wall. <laughs> hey, and Jeff, uh, by the way, uh, the podcast is amazing. What's it been like being able to kind of show that different side of yourself on that on the on the show? You know, it's not really a different side of myself. I mean, Tommy can relate. We broke into this industry and we told stories in the dressing room, in car rides, in bus rides. It's what we do. To ever think that there would be a platform, and I often kid with Conrad about, you know, my grandmother is really my mentor and I followed my dad's footsteps. But, you know, the, the content and the subject matter that we talk about, who would have thought that we would be so transparent and storytelling? But it's 2022 and it's, it's how things evolve. I love it. I, I had no idea, two things. I had no idea that I would really enjoy it. Uh, maybe three things. Uh, I had no idea I'd really enjoy it this much. Uh, one, two is 
reading through research notes, it's amazing the things that my memory will jar and I'll go, oh yeah, that Denny's, we went there and I missed that first, just kind of the craziest, quirkiest things. And then the other thing is, is just, you know, it's uh, for lack of a better word, Dave, it's a platform and you guys have a platform. I mean, Tommy and Bully and Mark and, you know, we all have our past history, but now it's, it's, you know, Tommy's on the radio three, four days a week. And it's, and it's current talking about what happened on dynamite or rampage or raw or SmackDown. And with my podcast, you know, lots of moving parts. I'm talking about the baseball team or a, a gaming a company that I've partnered with or the podcast or the NWA or game changer wrestling, all kinds of things like that. I love it. I really do. Uh, I like to call that a crazy wrestler brain because <laughs> at times, hell, I don't know how old Beulah is or her birthday. I literally had to ask her her birthday uh, yesterday about something. Got me a lot of heat. That's heat. Uh, um, you tell me about something or I see something. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where this happened. Uh, I remember the one of the last times you and I were together at the old Nashville Fairgrounds venue. Yeah. And he tells me this great story as a kid where he watched his dad, and he's a complete fan, not smart to the business, watches his father get his ass kicked. But like you see his eyes light up and it took him back to when he was that child. And that's where we talk about the beauty of professional wrestling where it, it takes us to these moments. And then as a performer, and Jeff has had so many, it's moments in our career. And then when you're able to talk about them on the podcast or like really experience, you know, like, wow, this has been my dream since I'm a kid and, and I'm still living it. And you are, you're this, you're another career resurgence right now. So it's really, really cool. Yeah. I, I won't spend too much time here, but Tommy, I can relate. Karen goes, Jeff, you can't remember to pick up your dry cleaners, but you can remember the waffle house you ate at in 1988. <laughs> Something doesn't add up. So anyhow, Dave, it's your show. You keep steering the ship here. <laughs> no, but I but I do want to give you credit to and again, uh the podcast is My World, Jeff Jarrett's podcast with Conrad Thompson's available on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. And you and I, I and I always say this whenever I talk about a Conrad podcast, uh amazing chemistry with all the hosts that he works with and yours uh, being one of them. And I love the podcast. So congratulations on everything that you're doing there. And I am so happy that you're back with the NWA. I, I grew up uh, a huge NWA fan. Those letters still mean so much to me. And we were just talking before you joined us, Jeff, about, about Nick Aldis and Matt Cardona. I said it to Matt Cardona's face when he was on with us. He, I don't think he's a good representation at all of the NWA. I understand he's good with social media, uh, but I don't know if he really understands the history and the tradition of the 10 pounds of gold like you do. Uh, Nick Aldis, I think, a great representation of the NWA, but you're going to be in the middle of it uh, <laughs> with the crock kick up. You're the referee of that match. What's that experience going to be like? You know, I have had mixed emotions ever since. First, they said, hey, uh, it's in Nashville and fairgrounds and, you know, a, a Jarrett in the fairgrounds since it was built in the 70s sort of go hand in hand. So I signed on to be an ambassador and his thing sort of transpired special ref. And I could not agree with you more. Matt Cardona, no matter how you slice and dice it, and it's kind of the paradoxical side of our industry. He's about of a much of a blue blood WWE talent. He, that's how he entered into the business. He grew up in the business. He never, he can't spell territory. He can't spell any other style other than, you know, I'll call it the, the WWE style. No disrespect, but the, that's what he was born and bred and hats off to him and huge social media following. But 
he has no context. I don't want to get out of bounds here, but does he really have any business representing the NWA? Because he's the opposite of what, in my opinion, not just what I grew up on, but just kind of the NWA stands for tradition and the oldest governing body in 1905 and yep. hats off to Corrigan and resurrecting it. And, 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 but we all know how hot nostalgia is and Cardona look, I'll give it to him. He left the WWE and has really got off his ass and work. But I told him not long ago, I said, Hey, Matt, you, you are saying this stuff on social media. You actually want to get patted on the back and, and, and applauded for working, for doing your job. That doesn't add up. The guys like Terry Funk and Flair and, you know, the Briscoes and on and on and on. We can go, that's what we do. It's what Tommy Dream did. We, we aren't learned our craft and, and, and got out and worked. So I could really get on a rap about Cardona, but I won't. But Nick Aldis, British guy representing the NWA. He's got a lot of prestige. His style fits for it, but, uh, yep. I'm right in the middle of it. And, um, you guys know my history. It could go either way. I'll just say that <laughs> it could go either way. We'll find out, uh, on March 20th. We know that. I was going to say, you know, uh, and I agree everything you're saying about Cardona, the other part, and it infuriates me because he won't go back and look at older wrestling he's just like i just find it boring or i just can't dude like i i liked what i liked as a kid and you know with action figures and yes it's always been the wwf and okay but there's other things or he doesn't know the history and history plays a key part he's doing great with all that he's doing but it, there's more to it than social media and everything but now on to you you have this amazing ability to find controversy uh at different times you have been a major focal point of that for a lot of times and you're really stuck in the middle of this and like i mean you just when you showed up at gcw you got everyone talking you have this way to get people always talking about you uh which is which is a great ability so uh i'm worried about this match i i am because uh, there's i don't know you you could have a guitar fall from the ceiling you got connections in that building i don't know i do there's a couple of ghosts running around that business uh, building that I've, i'm on a first stand basis with but no i i, I think it's I run watch Matt uh, on social media and go through it, but he doesn't like it when I say this, but you know, he grew up on the WWF. He's the poster boy for WWF and he hate or WWE, excuse me. Uh, and he hates when I say that, but he is, but, um, all in water, uh, within him and the NWA and all this, but, um, that's why we get in the ring and, uh, figure out how to settle the score. Uh, it's about winning and losing and, uh, there will be a winner and there will be a loser come March 20th for the NWA title match. I promise. And, of course, that's available on Fight TV, and it's at the Nashville Fairgrounds. The Crockett Cup, uh, the weekend of March 19th and 20th, and as Jeff just said, on the 20th will be Nick Aldis and Matt Cardona in the ring together uh, for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And you mentioned about Billy Corgan and resurrecting the NWA. And the NWA has been around for a very, very long time with a lot of ups and downs. Uh, how do you feel about this current state of the NWA and what Billy Corgan's been able to do? You know, it, it goes when, when not to get too revision, I mean, go back into too much history, but when WCW went away and I had the idea and I'm chatting with my father and TNA and all that, 
I'm the one who approached him and I said, look, we can start with chapter one with a clean slate. But I said, the NWA sitting there and yes, it's not in the glory years of the eighties or seventies, but the branding has been around forever. So that's why I immediately put a strategy. I'm a huge proponent of that in the NWA, the name of the company in the early days was NWA TNA. And so I have, I hold that title and that brand. It, it is something that, you know, Forever, it was the WWWF, and that was a territory. But the NWA was that body that you could see Flair defendant in St. Louis or Harley or even good old Wildfire Tommy Rich or the Funks and Briscoes, coast to coast. And so there's a branding that goes with that. And, you know, you can look at not just wrestling, but music or entertainment, all forms, uh, you know, now with our, 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 you know, social media and world's largest network, YouTube, kids, uh, and I say kids, look, Society is so much more educated on branding and the historical uh, context, every, everything. And, and the, I love what Billy's doing and, you know, they, they have the, the fight, they have fight, they, they have the branding and they have the wheels in motion. And look, I love it. Triple a new Japan, Noah, uh, uh, GCW brands in the UK brands in Mexico. NWA is a brand and they've got about a 120 year head start on a lot of them. Yeah. So they have their place in the industry and, and they put out a different product than say a game changer or a triple a. So hats off to them. I'm, I'm honored that they gave me a call and I'm a part of uh, the Crockett cup. Cause we all know the historical uh, context of, of the, the name of the Crockett uh, family being associated with the NWA. I look at the NWA is old school values with new school players. And I like that mixture. Dave is probably the biggest proponent of uh, the NWA. I know the majority of the wrestlers that work there. And there is, I don't feel, I get the, the whole throwback, but when I watch it, it's what I grew up on, but then it's like how it's adapted. Hey, yep. but as you know, you know, the game of baseball has changed since when you and I grew yep. up uh, watching it but it's still the game of baseball and the players, you know, have gotten a lot richer, but it's, it's still baseball. And just like, it's still wrestling. And when, you know, the men and women get in that, you know, squared circle, they just go out there and perform to the best of their abilities. Yeah. Modern day wrestling today is something that, uh, man, I, I did a signing this weekend up in uh, Batavia outside of Buffalo. I go to the big event th this Saturday, but I'll have folks come up in lines and they'll say, Hey, what do you like or dislike or what needs to happen? Or, or just, just, I love wrestling talk. I'm a fan long before I was a wrestler or promoter. And I said, the very base of this industry and never going anywhere. It's human emotion. You got to connect with that audience and whether whatever, it doesn't matter what brands on there. I don't care if it's Monday, Wednesday, or Friday nights. If the talent doesn't walk through the curtain and the light goes on them, if they're not connecting emotionally and, and look to circle back to Cardona, he resonates emotionally, love him or hate him. There's no gray matter with that guy. So I, I think that is something that the very basics of the business, Tommy dreamer connected emotionally, Jeff Jarrett connected emotionally. It's just the art of the industry. Uh, the Crockett cup again, uh, the weekend of March 19th and the 20th at Nashville fairgrounds available on fight TV. And Jeff, you know how much I admire you. I, I think what you've been able to do for the wrestling business is almost second to none. Uh, and one reason why I love working with Tommy as much as I do is that we do go back and talk about the history of pro wrestling and we talk about the territories. Um, I think 
your father grossly uh, underrated in the history of pro wrestling. Uh, uh, the Continental Wrestling Association, Memphis, uh, you know, one of the greatest territories of all time. Some of the greatest feuds to come out of there. You know, Lawler and Dundee, Funk and Lawler, you know, all the stuff with Andy Kaufman. If you go back and watch... Uh, that Memphis territory from the late 70s to the early 80s, it kind of mirrors a lot of what we see in pro wrestling today uh, with, the, with the feuds, with the entertainment aspect. Um, I know he's your dad, but do you feel like he's really grossly underrated when it comes to the history of pro wrestling? I, you know, I, I don't want to say grossly. The, the, at the end of the day, Nashville, Louisville, Memphis, and Evansville are not large cities. Charlotte, Richmond, you know, we can go up to Philly and New York – bigger population areas. So, you know, our population is one of the things. And so when you don't have a huge fan base and no man, and some of this is rightly so, but he was not the best payoff guy because it wasn't there. You know, our tickets are, you know, back in the day, cheaper and all that kind of stuff. So it's just much more of a small genesis of an audience, but those that know, know, like it's almost like me and you talked offline Dave, because next week me and Conrad are talking about the moon dogs, Lawler, Jarrett feud and won the awards and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I have asked my dad in the later years, I'm like, what's in the DNA? And he goes, man, 90 minutes, every Monday morning, every Saturday morning, it challenged us creatively because we couldn't rely on, Hey, we're bringing in flair this week. And next week we're going to bring in dusty and the next week. No, we had to create. So you yep. create Kamala. And then here's these two guys, uh, Hellwig and Borden. Okay. They're the blade runners. I mean, you know, they were in and out, but the creation of talent. And I think that is one of the things that my dad, if there's a, um, maybe just under how many pieces of talent that he really had a hand in creating and Jerry Lawler as well, because they were partners. They'd get a guy in. They had to draw money with, I mean, Bam Bam Bigelow. We just talked about him. Bammer came from Larry Sharp and maybe had 20 matches. And Lawler brought him in, made him the main event week one. Those kind of deals and those kind of stories, it's, um, uh, what is the the old saying? Uh, necessity is the mother of all invention. It necessitated that we didn't keep talent long. We couldn't because, this, you know, Bam Bam had a run. Next thing you know, he's in Japan and WWF and off and running. So we couldn't keep talent. A lot, the, the territory couldn't keep talent for long runs. Uh, ta talent would come in and then out. That's why, you know, to this day, I, I think about Randy Savage, who worked out his notice and they were arch enemies. They came on board Lawler and him did the sellout business. And then he went off to New York. Randy always had a real sense of loyalty to my father. And I've always looked at it that way that he respected my dad. And, you know, I could talk about the old Memphis territory, but so much was created out of Memphis because we had to. <laughs> I love it. We got to get you on again. Uh, I love it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Had a lot of fun. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser. And if you love sports the way I do, the people, the passion, then you'll enjoy my podcast, In Conversation, every Thursday. I've drawn from 45 years of covering all sports with people like Billie Jean King and David Duchovny and the merry prankster himself, Bill Walton. I have reached the top of the mountain. I am having a conversation with Leslie Visser. My hero. So please listen and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. AEW owner and president, Mr. Tony Khan. Tony, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Dave. How are you? I'm excited because on Friday yeah. morning, I'm taking my lovely wife, Violetta, and we are flying out to Orlando because we are going to Revolution on Sunday. And this is 
one hell of a card that we're going to see on Sunday and the big go-home show tonight for Dynamite. It's a huge go-home show tonight. It's, a, it's not uh, a typical show in many ways. Not only are we looking ahead to one of the biggest events we've ever done, I think as strong a card as we've ever put together, Revolution on Sunday on pay-per-view, it's going to be massive. I think it's, it's the talk of pro wrestling right now. And the other talk of pro wrestling is a big announcement tonight on Dynamite. I think it's going to be a, a massive thing. People are going to get really excited about it. I'm excited about it just talking about it. And uh, tonight's Dynamite, I think that it, hopefully it will be one people remember for a long time. And, and it's great to get a lot of eyeballs on the show ahead of this huge pay-per-view on Sunday. Uh, this pay-per-view it has so much interest coming off of the heels of Dynamite last week with that. Everyone was talking about MJF's promo. And um, I go, as you know, always old school. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heaney would always say this is the biggest, you know, event ever. And you really do top that. And, you know, thinking about from last year's revolution to this year's, the card has gotten better. Yes, the, the players always change. But you go out there and you're saying this massive, massive uh announcement tonight you haven't disappointed the fans yet and when you say it it's you just got to stay tuned or will you be making this announcement tonight personally yeah i will and uh it's unusual to see me on dynamite this will only be the second time in uh we've done 126 episodes so far and this is only going to be the second time i've ever gone out to the ring to talk on the show the first time was obviously very different circumstances was the Brody lee tribute show And uh, so it's only under the most important circumstances that I'll go out there. This is a very different circumstance and and a more joyous occasion, certainly. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it this time. And it's not something I'm going to make a habit of. But in this case, I will go out and I'm excited for the announcement. And, uh, you know, then excited for what's going to be a great night of pro wrestling tonight on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, this is a big dynamite tonight. Uh, one of the matches I'm really looking forward to, one of the many that are taking place Sunday night on pay-per-view for Revolution is Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Uh, tonight, we're going to get Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez going up against Jamie Hayter and your AEW World Champion, Dr. Britt Baker. Yeah, just announced that today. It's a huge addition to the card, and uh, it's a huge way to start this big week, the go-home week. It's one of the great rivalries in pro wrestling, I believe, Dr. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. It's it's a long time coming, and I'm, I'm very excited for the tag match tonight on the road to Revolution this Sunday with a big world title match, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker was Dave LaGreca's match of the year last year, so that's uh, high expectations for their match coming up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm very excited for it also. I think uh, it's going to be a great pay-per-view. And then also you're going to get your AEW World Champion, Hangman Adam Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds going up against Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. Yeah, well, those two trios have been in some of the best matches in Daly's Place. I think Hangman Page, Silver, and Reynolds going up against MJF and Santana and Ortiz on the Brody Lee tribute show is one of my favorite matches we've ever had in Daly's place. And Hangman Page specifically is on such a great run since he became the champion. Uh, when you look at the matches that the Hangman's had since he won the belt, 
two defenses against Brian Danielson, the 60-minute time limit draw at Winter is Coming, and then the classic match on our first-ever TBS show, the first match ever on AEW on TBS, Danielson versus Hangman tore the house down again in Newark and got us off to such a hot start on TBS. And then uh, what a Texas death match Hangman had against Lance Archer, who's kind of the modern master of the Texas death match. And now it's a very different opponent. It's a very different kind of match. He faces on Sunday going up against Adam Cole. And tonight you get a look at Adam Cole teaming with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. We know all three men are going to be challenging for a world championship this Sunday at the pay-per-view. And as a trio, I think they are possibly the best in the world. And they also have come into AEW and been dominant. Adam Cole is undefeated since he got here. And Fish, Cole, and O'Reilly won the last match ever on TNT. So talk about the juxtaposition, Hangman winning uh, the first match ever on TBS on Dynamite. And Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly won the last match ever on Dynamite on TNT. And it was very symbolic to me. It was here in Daly's Place, where we'll be tonight, the longtime home of AEW. And this is the first time we've ever done Dynamite on TBS in Daly's Place, which is another historic aspect of tonight, with a lot of things aligning, a lot of stars lining up on the road to revolution. Crazy Tony brain is in full effect, and I love it because the things he remembers and it's the sticking to details. Oh, I, I do, I do, I love that brain. Um, this is a, more of a behind the scene. We have so many stars uh, in AEW. Um, managing the locker room, as you know, is difficult. Uh, the feud with Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, man, there was a lot of, as you always allow wrestlers to go out there and free form cut promos, there's a lot of. You know, Eddie Kingston has said when he said to CM Punk, there's a lot of people here that don't want you to be here. He says stuff to Jericho. Jericho and him go back and forth. Does it is it harder for you then to manage all these different personalities in the back or it's just like uh, how's your approach with all that? Well, I, my approach is I'm very open to people trying things that are going to be good. <laughs> so uh, I love talking to people about promos, but I never want to hand somebody a script. And I think. You know, for better or for worse, this is the show that the hardcore wrestling fans listen to. So I don't need to dumb it down for this audience. I think, you know, you guys know what's going on as, as the people listening to this show. Your audience is very engaged with pro wrestling. And that's a major difference between AEW and WWE. You watch AEW and the interviews, they feel more real because they are more real. I never go to a wrestler and I never have with a full page script and tell them, I want you to say all this. I would much rather go to them and tell them you're doing an interview on this show and obviously you know who your opponent is, this is when the match is, and give them some key details and maybe a, an idea or two, a line or two even, something I think would work, but certainly not the entire thing memorized. It just blows my mind that that is what wrestling became for so long and it's not what I want wrestling to be and I think that's one of the reasons people respond so positively to AEW. Uh, this whole week, um, last week and even into this week, Tony, we've been talking about MJF and, of course, before this big matchup, the, the dog collar match on Sunday at Revolution. And, and I'm racking my brain. And, Tony, you're a, a wrestling historian. I can't remember a segment like the one that we saw with MJF last Wednesday where the most hated man is walking into that ring and all of a sudden 
you know, five minutes later, he's walking out of that ring and has got everybody's mouth wide open. And he thanked everybody on social media and people are thanking him for the things that he said. I, I honestly can't remember somebody being so hated as MJF and coming out so clean on the other side like he did last Wednesday. It was something incredible to watch. And it was definitely a memorable moment in the wrestling business. Definitely a very memorable promo. And it left a lot of questions about what's coming with MJF and CM Punk, about uh, the dog collar match, and about the relationship between them. And it, it kind of recontextualized the entire character of MJF, who he is, and what he represents. And uh, it made me more excited for the dog collar match, which uh, I know I'm not the only person, you know, from the response online. It seems like uh, it really ignited even more people talking about MJF and CM Punk than they already were. And it's been a great story for us. It's, it's been great for our ratings. Uh, it's been one of the main programs in AEW for a while now, and it's hotter than it's ever been. And it's a huge credit to MJF and to CM Punk. Tony, if you think about it, um, Dave and I talk about this a lot, especially in AEW. Uh, all of your champions are homegrown talents that you gave opportunity to. The biggest heel in the industry, MJF, is another person who you gave this opportunity. Do, do you sit back at times and like just be like, I know you're so busy and you, you know you do so much, but do you ever just take sit back and just be like, wow, like you believed in these person, you handed them the ball, and then they delivered for you in ways that maybe you didn't see it, or did you just always have this vision for all these people? No, not for everyone. I think everybody's their own individual case. Some people have exceeded expectations by a lot. Others have exceeded expectations, but, you know, maybe had high expectations going in. Um, I think one person who looked like a lot of people were critical of him and some of the smartest people in the wrestling business were really critical and still are to some extent of him is Orange Cassidy, who's in the big face of the revolution ladder match this weekend and has been just like it's just a fact like whether people like it or not he's been one of the biggest ratings draws in our company and in terms of selling merchandise like online engagement for streaming hits he is one of the most important people and i don't think anybody expected that going in and i didn't expect that going in but i could see he was getting over and one of the things i think i am strong at is course correcting because i'm not always right and i do try and stay engaged with the fans and pay attention to what moves the needle with them, you know, what they're talking about, but also what does numbers. He does numbers and people might not like it, but it's a fact. And he consistently has. And I was in, I'll tell you the truth uh, in the production meeting. I don't think I've ever told this story before. Uh, and I don't know if either one of them would mind, but I'll just be honest with you guys in the spirit of uh, doing a lot of interviews on the road to revolution. And you guys are the guys I always talk to. Uh, we were in the production meeting the first year and JR, not under his breath, like said something about how stupid the whole thing was in the first year. And I sit in front of everyone, because Jim called me out in front of the entire room. So I said back to him, I was like, Jim, this is getting over. And it's doing ratings every time. And we've barely scratched the surface of what the guy can do. And he's actually a really good wrestler. And he, I think you should give him a chance and talk to him because he actually is a a very intelligent wrestling person once you get to know him and we have barely scratched the surface of what this guy can do trust me and i a lot of people might not like it but frankly he has become one of our big stars so 
that is probably the best example of somebody exceeding what I thought they could do coming in because really I thought he was going to be like a manager mostly coming in. And then once I realized how uh, gifted he actually is, I had no idea Orange Cassidy was fire ant when I first met him. And when I realized that was the same guy and he is a great pro wrestler, then that's where I came up with the idea, let's hide that for six to eight months and not show anyone all the stuff you can do until the first revolution. And that's where you make your big debut in your first real match. And that's when you show people you can really wrestle. Don't do anything till then. And it worked really well. And now, you know, again, he, we have a lot of big stars, but that's one person who always moves the needle for us. So not to belabor it, but it's, I love talking the mechanics of wrestling. And I think this is the show with uh, the most savvy audience about those kinds of things. And I love coming on and promoting the shows and the pay-per-views, but you got me talking about kind of a technical point. Right. There. When him and I were in the battle Royal together and, you know, we were talking and, he hit me with those kicks and you know, we had spoke about stuff before and I was just like, I, I didn't get him either. The moment I got in the ring with him, I got appreciated and f fell in love with the character. And it was like, when you talk about the detractors, I say, screw them. And I know you do too, because they don't get it. But the moment you but they get matter. it, but they matter, like they're fan. You know, that's the thing. They yeah. matter. And I get that he, some people don't like it. But the thing is, it's net positive, right? It's like making a profit. Sometimes you spend right. money, but you got to bring in more than you spend. He is a big net positive. There might be people that don't like him, but more people turn the TV on, more people click on his videos because of him. And so he is he is, you know, with every wrestler, there's pros and cons. People like him. People don't like him. But it's about what they do on the net for the company. And yeah. this guy is a huge net asset. He brings in a lot of people. I was like, same as you, didn't get it. What really clicked to me the first time is when he talked to me about the kicks. And because I asked him, what is the deal with that? And I, I was like, it's the weakest offense. And he said, well, it's not an offense. And he explained what it is. And that's where I realized, I said, so it's like a taunt. And he's like, yeah, exactly. And that explained the psychology of everything. It opened up everything yep. to me. And then he told me, there's only one person that was ever dumb enough to sell the kicks. And I kept telling them not to. And like, you know, because they're not supposed, they're not offense. That's not what they are. And so people think they're like, it's bad offense, but it's not. And then when you realize nobody's ever sold it in the history of AEW, because like, it's not to be sold, uh, you know, it opens up. Uh, the mind. So I'm, I, we're, we're talking about one very specific technical point here when I could be promoting uh, tonight's Dynamite on TBS or uh, the Revolution pay-per-view. So you guys, you guys got me really uh, talking about uh, the show and, and uh, I like it. So uh, it's because you're you passionate about it and he's a, he's a great piece and yeah. I got to live it and you get to live it on a weekly basis. And when you hear an arena full of people doing his kicks, cause you all get it. And that's why we love, uh, dynamite and why we love revolution see how i could wrap it all yeah but you know what yeah, and, and also rampage i think you know he's been great for us there and yep. what a great match he had this past friday to qualify for the ladder match on sunday at the pay-per-view but orange cassidy and anthony bowens tore the house down and yes. they got in the in the last match of the night some of the biggest reactions of the entire night by far yeah and and again uh aew dynamite tonight 8 p.m eastern time on tbs and like Tony said earlier, huge announcement plus an amazing amount of stars on the last, the go-home show for AEW Revolution. 
coming up this Sunday uh, on on pay-per-view. And, I mean, Tommy, you and I have been talking about this for weeks, this show, because it's a big show. You got uh, Dr. Britt Baker, your AEW Women's Champion, going up against Thunder Rosa. And, again, this is, this is another example of patience as well, Tommy. And Tony and I talked about this last week. I, last March is when we last saw Dr. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa in the ring. I said it was the match of the year. I wasn't the only one. Pro Wrestling Illustrated also called it uh, the match of the year. And they waited a whole year, and now we're going to get it for the championship uh, on Sunday. Uh, Tony, Dr. Britt Baker against Thunder Rosa. I cannot wait for that match. It's a long time coming. It's going to be a great match. It's a great rivalry. Uh, and these two have really become, I think, uh, associated with each other in a very positive way. And it's a match people have been looking forward to for a long time. And I'm excited for the championship match. And we'll get a great preview of it tonight on Dynamite, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Hangman Page and Adam Cole for the AEW World Championship on Sunday as well. And, you know, Tommy, we talked about it with Keith Lee. You know, those main components on NXT, Keith Lee, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, are now littered all over Revolution on Sunday, Tony. And I I know that's got to be amazing to be able to say that. It is amazing to have those great wrestlers here, and it's great to be in Orlando where they have so many fans and really these super fans, because there's a lot of super fans around the Orlando area, you know, and it's a great place. It's become a real hardcore wrestling town. And to be able to do the pay-per-view there and have those great stars back in kind of a home environment for them, it's awesome. And also there's just so many wrestlers that live around the Orlando area. This is like a home game for a lot of the stars. So uh, that's another really exciting aspect of, the show this weekend and and speaking of homecomings tonight on dynamite on tbs we're back in daly's place which is always a lot of fun and especially when we can put the bleachers on the stage which we brought back uh after we resumed touring in the pandemic i just love these shows and i think it's a great place to make a big announcement tonight and have a great go home dynamite ahead of uh, rampage and revolution and the last time, Dave, you were in Daly's Place, you literally cried because you I loved cried. being a part yeah. of something special. And that's I wasn't there, but that's a moment that was created with wrestling. But, you know, you're an old school wrestling fan, but like we were just talking about with new school players to uh, a 50 year old man weeping because he's enjoying having such a great time. You're going to be there celebrating with your friends, your wife. It, it, it's an and, awesome and, and Tommy, it was because, you know, Double or Nothing last year and Double or Nothing is going to be back in Vegas in May. But that was the first time that I was around wrestling fans again. And, you know, there were there were times during the pandemic that we weren't sure if that it was ever going to happen. There was so much uncertainty. Right. And here we are. You know, I'm around, you know, 5000 wrestling fans. Yeah, yeah it, it brought tears to my eyes. And, and it is exciting news too, Tony, that you know AEW is going to be in Detroit in June and then in May for Double or Nothing back in Las Vegas. It's, it's huge. We got so many big announcements, big shows. You know, We're going to be going out to the West Coast after Vegas. We're doing uh, L.A. and Ontario to be able to go out there to the Forum and the Toyota Arena. It's just so sick. Uh, so I really am excited. I, you know, it's, it's insane to me. L.A. Forum for AEW, that's going to be awesome. And like you said, Little Caesars in Detroit, we're finally getting out there to all these great cities we wanted to go to. And we're going back to a lot of the awesome cities that, we, that we've established ourselves in. You know, we'll be going back soon to uh, Long Island, 
Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Boston, all these great towns where we've been before and had a great time, and we're going to have another great time. And tonight, back in Daly's place, I did not know, Dave, that uh, Double or Nothing made you cry, but I know you're not the only one. It was a really surreal experience after everybody had kind of been isolated and it had been so long since there had been a full-capacity wrestling show to have that be the first full capacity show back with fans and and to have it be such a great success and a great show it was a special night and i'm glad it touched you i, I know it touched me and a lot of the fans here in the community i know personally i'm looking forward to revolution uh i i would pay to see this show and i'm gonna pay to see the show not because i support it but because as a wrestling fan it's one hell of a card I appreciate that, man. It's It'll be worth the investment, I promise you. It, it's going to be a great show Sunday night, and it'll be well worth your money. And also, if anybody's got cable or satellite or a friend with cable or satellite, it's not going to cost those people anything to watch Dynamite on TBS tonight and Rampage on Friday live in Orlando on TNT. I can promise both shows are going to be very special this week. Uh, I really... Uh, I know it's tough to do the go-home shows, and uh, I've tried to find a good balance, and I think these are going to be really strong go-home shows tonight on TBS and Friday night. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Mary Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.